0: study. We begin tonight with Acts chapter 12, if you would turn there with me. God is sending the gospel out um, to first started with the Jews and further the gospel. God still does that today and so that we might rely on him and recognize the growth that comes is how we do a labor, we do a work, but it's his bringing about. Paul kind of said it this way: some plant, some water happens. God does want us planting, He does want us watering, but He also wants us to recognize that He alone uh, can give the increase. In Acts chapter twelve, after the gospel, remember we looked at nine, we looked at ten and eleven, and we saw Peter and Cornelius. It's interesting that God is using Peter and. Um, uh, opening his eyes. God had something he wanted Peter to see. God could have sent several people to Cornelius, but he sent Peter. Um, Peter was a leader in the church, one of the apostles, Um, but Peter needed some correct understanding of God's mission and God's plan. And We've said it all along, God's mission and plan was to take the gospel throughout uh, the whole world and and peter didn't recognize that in fact most of the jews weren't seeing that but god was beginning to allow this to, to to grow antioch is a key city um because it was not just a jewish city it was it was it was a multi-ethnic group uh, city mainly a, a gentile area and the gospel was beginning uh, to grow there first and as it grew um, the believers sent paul and Barnabas and Paul uh, ministered many, uh, uh, he spent a long time ministering there. You can see that at the end of chapter 11. So the gospel is growing, and guess what happens next? Verse 1 of Acts 12 says, About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. So, the gospel is going out. It's powerful. It's impacting lives. And Herod is upset. Don't quite know why. It doesn't explain why he's upset. But one thing about Herod that, that reminds us of, of what not to be, Herod is a people pleaser. He wants the people to like him, so he wants to please them. It says that when he killed uh, James, he saw that the people liked that, so he went further and encouraged him and he arrested um, um, Peter as well. It's been stated several times, but it, it, it's well to note the difference between the lives of Peter and the life of James. That here we're going to see in this chapter, Peter is in prison. And the saints come alongside and they pray for him. They pray diligently for him. God hears that prayer, rescues Peter from prison, and sets him free. Now, we like that part. We go, amen. That's why we ought to pray. And and, and God delivers when we pray. But don't miss the part that went before that. All right? James was arrested, apparently. James was killed by Herod. I'm sure prayers from the saints went out for him as well that you would say God did not answer. Or another way of saying that is it was God's purpose that James' life be spent and he die as one standing for his faith. That's God's mission as well. So God's mission isn't thwarted by his death. But as believers, we need to keep our eyes on what God's will is. Keep in mind as you pray today it is so easy for us to get distracted and get involved in our own will that we fail to recognize and fail to see God's will. In fact, it's a daily challenge. When you, pray, when you have a prayer request today, you're going to be tempted to pray according to your will. Now, I can say this, that's only natural. But what you need to do then is test your will against God's will and you need to always be open to what God's will is and you need to express that openness I can think of two uh, very uh, concrete examples of ones spiritual ones who started out praying their will because that's all they knew they did not know that their will was not God's will until they began to see God's will that's the same way with us we don't know what God's will is do it if if james what was arrested you would think saints come together let's pray that he be delivered you don't know what god's will so it is right then to pray for those kind of things but what what i'm saying is not that we shouldn't pray for that but that we should always be thinking and open and blend our will with god's will let me give you two examples of that the first one is in the life of Paul himself. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh, right? And he said he prayed, remember how many times? Three times that God would deliver him from that. Did God answer that prayer? No, he didn't. He did not not say, Paul, I'm going to deliver you from your suffering, from this, this thing that's bothering you. What did God say to Paul? He said, you're all right. Go on. In other words, it is my purpose that this part of suffering be a part of your life. We don't like to hear that. Like I said, it's not wrong for Paul to pray, Lord, remove this from me. But then God shows him what his will is, And then notice what Paul does. He embraces God's will. He says, therefore, I will glory in my persecutions, in my troubles, in my sufferings, because when I see that, I see the power of God. I see the glory of God. Now, that was not his first response, was it? Lord, take this from me. I, I don't like this. It's a nuisance. It's a pain. It's suffering. None of us like pain suffering. And those types of things so it's not wrong to pray that that be removed but while we do that we need to be open and asking God to show us his will and we need to accept that will okay so there we saw Paul started out pray diligently three times God said no that's not my purpose to remove it from you I'm gonna keep it there second illustration is Jesus himself and that will be found in Matthew 26 um, 39 through 42 and around okay um jesus at the gospel, remove this cup from me this is jesus's request it is a good request it is something the father has the ability or power to do but he denies it jesus prayed three times there as well three times i think there are three times along with paul three times it reminds us of their diligence I like these two examples because we can't say it was because of their sinful uh, uh, nature that God be chose not to answer their prayer. In other words, we say if you just, if you just write with God and if you're holy, he answers all your prayers and gives you what that's not the case. He gives us two examples. I can't think uh, there's absolutely no one more righteous than Christ without a doubt. And We would look at Paul's life and say, wow, I'll never measure up to that. I don't know who does. I will never measure up to that. So here we see godly men and God himself as a man going through this same illustration to teach us something. What is that we're being taught? Is that while we struggle with something and we bring it to God in prayer, we need to be open to God's will. So we need to be saying, Lord, I would like this but i pray your will not just your will be done in words but our minds need to be thinking and talking that way i think about that when i pray for my father i think about that when i pray for for, for anyone that's sick but especially in his situation you know he's 89 years old Sometimes i would pray lord keep him here keep him keep him here but i i know that he is not going to live here forever that's not god's desire and so while sometimes you hear this idea that we're just hanging on to people when what's best for them is God's will I don't know what God's will is concerning my father and his health he may very well outlive me and all my siblings that could possibly happen he's the oldest in his family he's outlived everyone in his family he's lived longer than his mother lived he lived longer than his father has lived Uh, he's lived as the oldest sibling he's lived longer than all of his brothers and his only sister. He's outlived them, outlived nephews and nieces. He's outlived grandchildren. So I don't know what God has him. Help, help his health. But I also pray, Lord, that you would allow him to live by your grace and be in a testimony and example. So we don't know God's will, so we pray. Uh, certainly, thinking and receptive, to what God says or what God begins to show us. How do we know God's will? That's a loaded question, isn't it? He begins to reveal it little by little, and sometimes we never know all of His complete will, but what He shows us little by little. So, again, we started talking about this in Acts chapter 12 when we looked at the James, who was killed by Herod, and Peter, who was delivered by Herod. Now, as we go through the story, I recounted it already, so we won't bear in all of the details. Um, but it is a powerful story to see how God delivered Peter, starting at verse six. Angel came, and and I like the picture. It says when the angel came, there was there was light. <laughs> it says. Um, Verse 7 Behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hand. Look at verse 10. As he walked out of the prison, doors opening by themselves. He said, When he passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them on its own accord. All right. <laughs> That's just a fun thing, isn't it? He's just walking. He doesn't know how God is going to do it, but it's God who opens those gates. So we rejoice in God's rescue of him. We rejoice in God's power being displayed. But we also need to see that God chose not to do that towards James, and God is still as good. He is still as powerful. He is still present and working in their lives, and yet in his sovereignty, he chooses to do do it in ways that is according to his will that we can't um we can't always figure out why one and why not the other it is simply god's will that that we begin to accept as he um brings it to us so let's let's pray that way i've entitled this whole series and so they pray and so let's practice that in our prayers to so pray diligently but as we pray um have an open mind to what God is actually saying in request to our prayers and um, allow ourselves to see his will as it's being revealed and then to to pray in accordance with that. Meditate on God's word. just want to again talk about how do we meditate before we get into our minds and our hearts quiet, right? I think that's an important thing. You can really only meditate the right way if you already have God living inside, right? And what we want to do is we want to quiet our minds. We could be anxious. We could be thinking about 60 different other things, something in the future, something in the past, something that made us mad.